This is Tim Staten in Stating the Obvious, where we make sense of leadership principles and turn them into relatable everyday actions that could enhance or improve your leadership style. I've been thinking about what I could bring to the show that is something that you could use. Instantly, I thought about frameworks. As leaders, we all use frameworks to help drive decisions, recognize behavioral patterns, and familiarity that drives gut decisions about what feels right when we make decisions or get collaborative buy-in. This week, we're going to talk about the Kinevin framework model. Yes, that's right, the Kinevin framework. This has been a powerful tool in getting me to drive away from the priority matrix, which is still pretty useful, but I modify it, but we'll get into that later. going to take a break from the topic and make a couple of announcements. First, thank you for those of you who have checked out our podcast. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast, please do that. And if you haven't checked us out on our YouTube with our interactive interviews, please go ahead and check us out there. If you go check it out there and you like us, please subscribe and make sure you hit the bell icon so that way you know when we go live and post new stuff. Leave a comment and we'll get back with you as soon as we can. I also would like to ask if you could please share this podcast with one or two people that you think may like it. I also want to say thank you for those of you who listen to us regularly and who share the podcast. It helps us get this show out there. It helps us get our platform and the dialogue going on a professional level. So I want to thank you for doing that and helping us out, get the show out there and reaching the masses. All right, so the Kinevin framework, what is it? Some of you may have heard about it, others may have not. The word itself is interesting because it's a Welsh word that is translated to literally mean the habitat. It also means the place of multiple belongings. So we all have connections to tribal, religious, and geographical uh, biases that we may not be aware of. So this word is very, very fitting in the framework. And if you go onto our YouTube uh, channel, there's actually a graphic that I've I've downloaded and overlaid onto this as well. So that'll help you out uh, visually if you can't understand with the uh, words of it. But what this is, is this is a sensing framework, which means that the data comes before the framework instead of the framework coming before the data. For example, many frameworks frameworks exist and they force the data to fit within the framework. This framework uses the data and it you figure out which is the best framework that the data would work in and which quadrant is best suited for the situation. For example, I I mentioned the priority matrix. So how I use a priority matrix is anything in the upper uh, left quadrant are the things that I must do immediately. Those are the things that my bosses are asking me to do, uh, things that I know that I have to get done because they're implied tasks that feed into the overall picture of what I'm being asked of. Then you move into the right-hand quadrant of the priority matrix, and that is the things that can generally wait but are still important. And the further 
down you go, the less important they become and the longer they can wait. Well, in this framework, it's the situation that determines what quadrant that I work in and not necessarily the data or the time associated with it. So this is a mental model that was developed by Dave Snowden in 1999 to 2002. He was an IBM. Um, he worked at the IBM plant. So this is very technical in nature as well. But he states that there are five domains in which we as people operate in, and they are the obvious domain. He used to call it the simple domain, but in 2014, he changed it to the obvious domain because these are the things that are obvious to everybody that uh, we can do. And I'll go into all of these in detail. The second domain is the complex complicated domain, followed by the complex domain, then we have the chaotic domain, and then we have disordered in the confusion domain, right? So to better help you understand these domains, you have to know that the obvious and the complicated domains are ordered systems. So these means that there are cause and effect relationships between uh, what's happening and that you can figure them out, whether intuitively or with a little bit of expertise. So the complex systems means that there is cause and effect that exists, but you don't know what they are. It's not predictable. You can't repeat it. And that there were other situations uh, that had that came to bear on the on the issue. So if you were to use the same variables and you'd repeat it, you might not get the same outcome because there are the other sub variables that changed. Right. So then there's the chaotic system, which we cannot determine the scope of the problem, nor can we determine the cause and effect, even in hindsight, because this is the domain that you go into crisis reaction mode. It is chaos. And in that domain, you are trying to just immediately solve the problem and move forward. Then you have the disorder and confusion domain. So it's not really a domain that you operate in, but you see yourself where you can fall into when you don't know which domain that that you're operating in. And in this domain, you strive to find out from the data set that you have, which domain that you should fit in and then move forward on it. Okay. So unlike most frameworks, it's very important to know that we should always operate in the complex and the complicated quadrants, because if we fall into the obvious domains and we continuously operate there, then we can literally fall into the chaotic domain. And now we're in the crisis mode. And what I mean by that is if you look at the visual graph, the visual graphic of this, so there's literally like a little wave in the lower uh, quadrants where you have your uh, obvious domain. And it's kind of like a little lip, like a little cliff. So if you're continuously operating in the obvious domain and you're treating business as usual, business as usual, best business practices, things are going well. I'm, you know, on autopilot. If the world was to change and the situation was to change and there's variables that change, you don't change as a leader or an organization. You could literally fall off of the obvious domain and into the chaotic domain because now you're in crisis reaction mode because something changed and then you find yourself also in the disorder and confusion mode because you don't know where you're at and then you immediately go from the disorder into the chaotic and then you try to get yourself out of the chaotic mode so when we take a look at these domains and we break them down a little bit further we're going to talk about the obvious domain in the obvious domain we sense about what's going on we categorize them and then we respond to it this is where best businesses uh best business practices come into place think about things like from an like, like it perspective these are the things that your help desk can do you know that if 
the computer doesn't boot up right and somebody complains that their computer is not working right, you can tell them, hey, did you try to reboot? There's a cause and effect on the sequence of things. If someone complains, hey, I'm not getting out to the internet on my computer, then you can ask them, hey, did you check this? Make sure that your cable didn't go bad. And you start with those layer one things. So those have a cause and effect. You kind of understand what they are. You categorize uh, the solution for them and then you respond accordingly and then you look to see how it works. So these are the low-lying fruits and the easy things that we as organizations do to, uh, to get through the day. Then you move up into the complicated domain. So in the complicated domain, we still sense that there's an issue and we still recognize where the problem is, but we have to analyze it. So we can't just quickly categorize it. We have to think about it a little bit more. We may, we may in, in this category, we have to use experts. So we have to use subject matter experts in the topic and in the area of what we're having issues with. So that way we can then analyze different solutions and respond to them. So these are what we call, these are good practices. So in this domain, there's multiple right ways to get stuff done. There's not like one best solution, one size fits all solution that fits all of them. Because if you were to do that, then you would fall down in the obvious domain, things wouldn't work out, and then you go into your chaotic domain. So in the complicated domain, kind of think about this like when you have your your car mechanic, right? So there's something wrong with your car. You take it into a mechanic and they say, hey, if you replace X, Y, and Z on the car, you know, it comes out to this price, things will be good. You take it into another mechanic. They say, yeah, well, these two things I agree with, but I think you should also do these four other things to the car. It's going to cost you this much um, money. And then that's the solution to the problem. So if you were to say, well, there's only one right way to solve that issue, then in this situation, there's multiple ways to solve it. And it's just whatever the good practice is okay it's not the best thing but these are good solutions to the problem right so after the complicated domain we have the complex domain we can't predict these events they kind of happen so in this domain we have to probe and what we mean by probe is that means we have to conduct little experiments and we have to do trial and error and see what works and see what doesn't work and then that's when we probe we do the trial and error then we sense we get feedback and we kind of see where things are going and then we respond accordingly and we see what happens so in this domain we call that we call them emergent practices right so it's an event that hasn't happened that happened we haven't had a solution for them in the past that worked and we're going to have to come up with a new solution or innovative way to solve the problem and move out of the complex domain and the whole goal is to get back into the obvious domain and into the complicated domain so then we look at the chaotic domain right so Oh, let me back up. So in the complex domain, the best way is to, when you do the probing, is to, and the evaluations of it, you have to come up with ways to, to dampen the effects if things go wrong. And so that way, the whole, everything doesn't go, make it worse. And if things go good, then you just annotate what went well, and then you keep trial and error until you get to the best solution or good solutions to get you out of that to get you out of that quadrant into the other things so then you have the chaotic domain and in the chaotic domain the only wrong decision to make is no decision at all right so the goal is to stabilize the situation 
So in this one, we act first, and this is more authoritarian and dictatorship kind of, but you you know that there's a problem, you sense, you, you sense that there's a problem, so you act upon it immediately to get yourself out of the chaotic domain and into the complex domain, where then you can go into the probing and the sensing and the responding, but you have to act, you have to sense, and then you have to respond. And in this domain, we have the novel practices that are coming out. So into that, the whole goal of the chaotic realm is to make sure that we are coming out into the complex and into the complicated domains, right? So when you're in the disorder domain, there's no approach to the problems there. Like we said before, the whole point and goal of that is to make sure that we get out of it and we get into the right quadrant and the right domain so we can evaluate the issues and move forward. So I love this framework because as an organizational leader, I can put these issues or potential issues into the correct quadrants before they happen. So if I'm continuously operating in the obvious domain and just knocking out tasks as, as everything goes on and I'm and our team is working well together and we're, we're being successful, we're high achieving, everything is good, we can easily fall into a chaotic moment when we don't recognize that there's a change in the situation and a change in the world that happens and we get caught off guard and then we go into crisis reaction right so as a leader you have to make sure at the organizational level you step back out of the everyday routine stuff and you go into the uh, higher level quadrants which are your complicated and your complex domains and that way you can ensure that you are taking your best business practices in your obvious domain and you're using your good business practices in your complex domain and you can refine those so that eventually they can become into the best business practices and then when you come into encounter anything that isn't quite into the it quite ordered the cause and effect relationship doesn't really work out that's when you can really spend a lot of time and mental energy into anticipating the issues and testing them out before they become major problems and then you can get into the friction points, right? So what I call a friction point is anything that's going to cause an issue with your current plan and your current goals. And how do you get to them before they become a significant issue? And I would say and suggest to you that if you take the Kinevin uh, framework and you look at it and you apply it to your situation and to your leadership style, and you continuously operate in the complicated and the complex domains, you're going to find yourself eliminating a lot of these friction points before they even coming up naturally. Okay. And so, you know, so I would say that if you're a junior leader and you can quickly find yourself in the disorder domain, just because you lack the experience to recognize which domain you should really be in. And it, and it's the worst thing that you can do is do nothing. So I've seen it tons of times where people do not recognize the right pattern set of what it, of what a problem is going to be because they lack the experience to recognize it before it happens. So with this framework, I think it's great for junior leaders if they were to be exposed to this instead of later on in their careers, earlier on in their careers, because then they can take the appropriate steps to take a step back, remove themselves from the mundane everyday uh, tasks that must be done and elevate it into thinking about what's going to happen in the future and even, you know, probe and sense into the com uh, complicated realm 
to find solutions to problems before they become problems because we know that there's going to be problems that arise. So I know that's kind of like a circular talk a little bit, but it's a very, very important. So here's a, a very, very good example that's super, super simple um, that I would think you know, could help out understand this framework. So let's say you're supposed to make sure that a microphone and a TV works and a video camera works so that you people in your organization could do video teleconferencing, right? So every, the best business practices, 30 minutes to 45 minutes before the event kicks off, a person from your help desk or whatever will come in. They will test out the systems and the equipment. They will make sure it works. They will make sure that they can see the, the person on the other end. They can see you. Everybody's talking, they will leave it up and then everybody will come in and then they will do the meeting. So that is the obvious domain, right? Those are things that we do every single day and there's no issues. But here's where the problem comes in. If we continually to operate in that realm, what happens when the battery dies in the microphone? Now you go into the chaotic realm because you would say, well, it's simple. You just replace the battery. Yes. But if you do not go into the complex realm and you start thinking about the cause and effect relationships of, hey, if if we have so many months of use on this device, this battery will wear down. The good practice is to have batteries on hand in the conference room, but there's multiple right answers. So you could say have batteries on hand in the conference room. I want to make sure there's, we have a stock of batteries, not in the conference room. I want to have them somewhere else or, Hey, I want to change them out every month, regardless of whether the batteries are dead or not, because I don't ever want to run into the issue. So that's where you could take it a step further in the complex domain and come up with the um, model of where you have expertise because you have people who are subject matter experts in that and they know how long the batteries will last. So we sense that there's going to be a problem. We analyze it and we respond and we come up with multiple ways to, to solve this problem. So that is a good example of how this framework can work uh, for you as a junior leader and a very, very simple task that probably many people will take for granted on, on every single day that they do. So this is how I apply this, what I do um, pretty much on a daily basis. And I actually even keep this up in the office where I can reference it, uh, you know, very often and make sure that I'm operating in the right domains on the right things with the right data set, because it's the data set that helps drive what situation it goes into versus I have this framework that I'm going to fit the data into. And sometimes when I use the priority matrix, I don't really get to that connection between cause and effect relationships. So I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Tim State in the Office, where we talked about the Kinevin framework. I hope this framework will actually work for you and what you do, and it will give you some type of value added uh, to your organization and to you as a leader. You put it in your kit bag and, you know, tow it around with you and reference it as well. But before we end, I would like to ask if you could please subscribe and comment and share this podcast and provide some feedback to help generate discussion on the subject. If you don't know much about the Kinevin framework, then I would, uh, you know, recommend Dave Snowden's website. It's great. He has a couple of videos on there on the cognitiveedge.com and then uh, you could come back and leave a comment. If you haven't visited our Patreon site, I would love it if you would stop by there and check it out and see how you can be a part and keep this show going and the content coming. I've had to delete a couple of the old ep episodes because we just ran out of server space and I need to purchase more space. So this would be a great way if you're looking at uh, trying to get in some uh, given back before the end of the year, this would be a good way to do that. And lastly, I am very interested in hearing 
from you about your stories and your experiences that keep the discussion going. It's about you and how we can grow and share ideas together. Uh, you know, just tonight, I went and met with some people. And we had a great conversation. And so that is what I am trying to use this platform for is to help leaders grow, help other people understand what leadership is about, provide different tools and techniques and keep discussions going and keep asking the questions of how we can get better every single day. Also, if you haven't checked out our Facebook site, we got tons of links on there and we'll keep you up to date on when we're going to uh, post new content. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and come back for another one. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious. Ha, 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 ha.